You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. We had a great time in Cape Town at the World Conference. It was incredible, incredible, incredible. I see some of our some of our brethren are not yet back from Cape Town. I saw some of them looking so glowy and excited. In, and bubbly. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes, no, it's, uh, well, the next conference, we don't know where it will be. It might be in the United States. It might be in Philippines. So start saving for the next world conference. Okay, yeah. This is the closest it can be. <laughs> so the next one, you start preparing for that. But it was incredible, incredible. Yeah. One of the best world conferences. And our team, Team South Africa hosted so well. Let's give, a, let's give, a, let's give our team a hand. Yes. Hosting the world from 71 countries. 71 countries, all in the Cape Town International Convention Center. I mean, you feel like you're in heaven. You feel like you're in heaven. Tongues, different tongues, tribes, nations, all the way. From China to the Middle East to Asia, Africa, Europe, everyone was there. Hallelujah. And uh, it just reminds us again of the importance of taking the Great Commission serious. The importance of going, you know, going, taking this mandate that God has given to us. And there were so many miracles, so many miracles. I mean, incredible. In the, in the, in the upper room where we had the prayers, prayer going on around the clock. I mean, there were young children, they were just having visions, God started opening their eyes. They're seeing into the spirit and declaring what they are seeing. Amen. Miracles happening all over the place. Popping like popcorn. Hallelujah. So that's what we've been praying for. That's what we're preparing for. So it's not surprising that we experience that. Amen. If you would believe your prayers, you will see the hand of God. Many times we pray, but we don't really believe our prayers. <laughs> you know? But, uh, yeah, let's learn to trust God. Let's learn to believe God. Let's lift up our hands. Just bless the Lord. Let's thank him for the World Conference successful hosting by South Africa. Father, we thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. There was a time it looked impossible, but you made it possible. My goodness, thank you, thank you, Lord. We give you praise, we give you glory in Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, so we are live today, we're going live today on soflix.net. So this service is live. <laughs> you can always go there to watch it again, amen. Wonderful. Father, we thank you this morning. We glorify you for your word, which is spirit and is life. 
I ask, Lord, for grace that I will speak the oracles of God. Use these lips of clay. Speak through these lips. And let each life be blessed. Let each life be transformed. Let each life be changed. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Joshua chapter 1. Let's look at Joshua chapter 1. Just one encounter is enough. Oh, well, one encounter. Maybe not enough, but can change your life. One encounter with God can change your life permanently for good. Many times, we don't press into God enough to experience him as we should. Many times, we're not hungry enough to experience God as we should. We expect God to come to the realm of the flesh and for us to encounter him in the flesh. But God is not a flesh. God is a spirit. Don't you someone say God is a spirit? Yeah, so if you're going to encounter God, you're going to have to get into the dimension of the spirit. Okay, but God has made it so simple for us. It's not complicated. Tell someone it's not complicated. Yeah, it's not complicated. God has made it so easy that you can get into the spirit in two seconds if you know how to. All right, you can get into the spirit just in two minutes if you're still learning, or in five minutes, or in 30 minutes, or in one hour, or in 12 hours. It all depends. But you need to know that um, well, the easiest way to get into the spirit. First of all, when you speak in tongues, if when you speak in tongues, speaking in tongues is your spirit communicating with God. Your spirit is communicating with God. Your spirit is engaging the spirit of God. All right? The Holy Spirit gives you the words to speak, to get into, to begin to engage God. So when you speak in the tongue, it's you immediately Start engaging in the spirit immediately. So that's one of the ways. Another way you can get into the spirit is through meditation in the word of God. When you meditate on the word of God, it helps you to get into the spirit. If you, if you meditate on the news and all of that, it won't take you into the spirit. It won't help you to engage God. It will just inform your mind of different things. But if you want to engage the Spirit of God, you need the Word of God. Another way you can get into the Spirit is through worship. You know, when you begin to worship God, when you worship God in spirit and in truth. It says the hour comes and now is when a true worshiper shall worship God in spirit and in truth. So when you begin to worship and it's really from your heart, you begin to connect with God. It, it, it brings you into that place where you can experience God. All right? So, um, 
Also, when you start walking in the fruit of the Spirit, when you start, when you start living according to the fruit of the Spirit, it helps you to walk in the Spirit. So it's not just a momentary thing. It's supposed to be a permanent way of living for each and every one of us. Amen? Yeah. So, but for someone like Joshua, Joshua was not born again. So he, do, he didn't have the privilege that you and I have today. Do you know that you are more advantaged than Joshua today? Did you ever think of that? Yeah. Because you have the Spirit of God. If you are born again, you have the Spirit of God inside you. And the Spirit of God inside you enables you to live a supernatural life naturally. Enables you to do that. But the problem is that many, many of God's children are more, uh, more inclined to their natural life than to their spiritual life. But your born-again experience equips you with the ability to live both in the natural and in the supernatural. To live in the natural and in the spirit. So you have the capacity to live in the spirit. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. So this has nothing to do with Joshua chapter 1. I just felt that someone needed to hear that. And um, so there are certain things about God that will only be made real when you are spiritually minded. Okay? Yeah. So that's why it's important. So let's read from Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you, nor forsake you. What a promise. It says, I will not leave you, nor forsake you. Do you know that you have a similar promise as well? God said, he will not leave you, nor forsake you. Yeah. He will not leave you nor forsake you. He has given us a Holy Spirit to be with us and he says he will not leave us. So, you want to take your life, your Christian life seriously. Don't live just like a religious person. Be a serious person for God. Be a serious person for God so that God can use you to make a difference. So that God can use your life to impact your generation. Your family should be so blessed to have you as a member of that family. 
How about that? Or are you the black sheep of the family? No, there's no black sheep here. <laughs> Why do they use black for? <laughs> for negative things. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. So Joshua, Joshua was the um, spiritual or the assistant of Moses. And we know Moses was a man that lived in encounters. Moses continued to live in God's face all the time. All the time. He was in God's face. To the point that, I mean, it started from the burning bush, right? Now, Moses had lived for, for 80 years without even any encounter with God. But then he had the burning bush experience when he was 80 years old, right? And that was the beginning. And one thing is that when you have an encounter with God, you have to now start pursuing God. Do you get my point? Yeah, so you have to now begin to pursue God. You need to go after him. Go after him with all your heart. So, the fact that Moses had so many encounters is evident of the fact that he kept pursuing God. He kept going after God. He would not allow yesterday's encounter to be enough for him. Do you understand? Yeah, so he kept going after God. Each time he would go to the tent of the meeting, he everybody is gone. Moses is there with the Lord. Moses will go up the mountain. God will summon him to the mountain and he would come. And he would spend 40 days there. So, ask yourself, for 40 days, who was Moses talking to? Just God. 40 days. And he did that twice. So he left everybody. He left the ministry. <laughs> he left the whole nation. He left his family. He left everybody and was with God for 40 days. So sometimes when you want God, when you want to experience God, you need to shut other people out. Okay? Yeah, there are times. There are times I do that. I just shut my, you know, shut myself. Sometimes my wife does that as well. She just shut herself. Like, no. And when once it's that mode, you there's no just respect that. You don't come between between <laughs> that person and God. You get my point. Yeah. So, but when you don't have any hunger, when you don't have any desire for God, you are easily satisfied with people around you. You are easily satisfied with, you know, the blessings of God. But the blessings of God are not meant to keep you away from God. The blessing of God, God blesses you so that you can enjoy the blessing, but then he wants you to come after him. He wants you to come after him.
Don't wait until a, a corporate fast is announced before you fast. Sometimes you need to fast. Just, and fast not just to have needs met. Sometimes fast just to know him more. Do you get my point? Yeah, you pray fast. You say, Lord, this fast, I'm just, I'm forgoing these meals or this meal, whatever, how you want to do it. I'm forgoing this because I want to know you more. I want to spend time with you. Yeah. I remember the times that I would even go to a guest house, just lock myself there, just praying, just spending time with God. Just away from everybody. And switch off the phone. Start developing a hunger from God. You have, you have some hunger. Build it. Develop it. Feed that hunger with more um, desire for God. Alright? So, Moses, that's the kind of man Moses was. And so Joshua learned from Moses how to hang with God. He learned from, from Moses how to spend time with God. And there were times that Joshua would remain in the tent of the meeting even after Moses had left. Gone to the camp to mingle with people. Joshua would remain there. And the cloud will be there. And Joshua will be worshiping, ministering to God, and loving on the Lord. So now, this Moses is gone. And God now decides to give Joshua an encounter that will commission him for his ministry. That will commission him for his calling. And this is going to change Joshua's life forever. It's going to be a very deep Deep, strong encounter that he has with God. And God begin to give, begins to give him strong promises and serious instructions. I think last week we stopped at verse 5, where God made a promise to Joshua. Right? He made a covenant promise to Joshua. It says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. And so one encounter brought certain realities into the life of Joshua. Okay. Yeah. It was one encounter that commissioned him. Right? It was one encounter that raised him up. Remember, he was, he was down. Moses was dead. He was down. And God raised him. Said, arise. Okay. Because I'm about to send you. So there are all the things that God did, the encounter positioned Joshua, you know, declared, gave him ownership of the land, an encounter. So one encounter, through one encounter, God can give you land. Did you know that? Yeah. 
It happened to Pastor Sam when the Lord visited him all the times and the Lord said, I'm going to give you a land as a token and a sign of the covenant that I've made with you. Yeah. How many people want land? Okay, some, some, some people don't, they don't want, it's okay. You are very, yeah, contented. No, no need for land. You just, you have the Lord, you don't need land. Some of us need land. Amen. We're going to own some lands in this city. We're going to own some lands outside this city. Yeah, I'm telling you. I'm going to own many lands. Yeah, because the God of the whole earth, the owner of the earth, is the one that we are serving. Amen? And it says, where the soles of your foot shall tread upon, I will give to you as an inheritance. Did you know that before we bought this place, we have used this place for meetings several times before? We didn't even know that we were going to own this place. Yeah, we didn't know. When we're being persecuted (laughs) by some institutions, (laughs) here and there, you know. And one of the times of desperation we came here, it was all touched. It's not as beautiful. It wasn't as beautiful as it looks now. You know. And we came here, we'll meet here, and we'll be sweating and all of that. I remember those days. But now, God is saying, that place that your feet treaded upon is now yours. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? Yes. Every place which the sole of your foot treads shall be yours. Yes. Look at that. It's now ours. So there are places you are walking past, you don't even know that you are the owner. (laughs) You don't know. When the time comes, God just opens it up and says, "Uh oh. (laughs) It's like one, one, um, one pastor, he used to go, he used to go around, travel around, having crusades and all of that. And there's a place where Several times his car broke down. His car broke down by this farm somewhere in Zimbabwe there. And he slept there. Unknown to him. God had plans. Hallelujah. He slept that on that place at night with his broken car. But guess what? He owns the land now. He owns the land now. The same place. The same God is alive today. So I pray wherever it is you have been to that belongs to you. May the Lord arrange for the exchange, the transfer of ownership for you. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. God does things like that. I'm telling you. You don't know. 
You are sleeping somewhere. You don't even know you own it. But you see, one encounter with God can sort that out. One encounter with God can sort things like that out. Amen. So, let's read on. Let's see. What else? What else did Joshua experience from this encounter? Verse 6, it says, Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give to them. Amen? Yeah. So, he says, be strong and of good courage. So, obviously, Joshua is intimidated. How can you feel the shoes of Moses, a man like Moses? How do you feel such shoes? His shoes are too big for Joshua. His shoes are too big for Joshua. But God says, be strong and of good courage. He's saying, you are going to divide this land as an inheritance to the people. So, this encounter defined Joshua's assignment. So, an encounter with God can define your assignment. You, one encounter with God can define your calling. One encounter with God can define what God has purpose for you to do. Do you know that? Yeah. It was just one encounter that I had. And my wife has, has, but I can talk about mine. It's one encounter that I had that brought us here. One encounter. I was just busy about my business. <laughs> busy pastoring. And the Lord gave me that vision. Where a man said to me, come over to South Africa and help us. One encounter. One encounter. And that's why we're here. Amen? It wasn't because we didn't have anywhere to go. No. God can define your assignment just by one encounter. One encounter. And it doesn't matter anybody's opinion. Do you get my point? Yeah. So when you press into God, you are doing it for your benefit. When you spend time with God, when you hunger more for God, you are doing it for your benefit. It's not for God's benefit. It's for your benefit. Why? Because it can wipe out all the confusion in your life. It can wipe out all the confusion in your life. And even after that encounter, it wasn't clear to me. I was still confused. Until... I had an encounter with Pastor Sam. <laughs> I've been fasting for days. First of all, I fasted for 30 days. You know. God didn't speak. 
So I was breaking the fast every evening for 30 days. Every evening, God, what is going on? What is going on? Why, why, why am I so unfulfilled? Speak to me. What is going on? He didn't speak. I said, okay, God, to tell you how serious I am, no food. So I stopped eating for 14 days. No food. Just water. No coffee. No tea. And I was like that. I mean, I, I, look at me. I don't even have much. <laughs> Although I've gained much in the recent years. But you can imagine at that time, I was like a broomstick. And my wife would look at me. She would just be pitying me. I'm sure in her heart she was saying, God, whatever it is, please give him. Answer him quickly before he disappears. <laughs> I was there just going on and on. Every day I'm before the Lord. Lord, this can, something is not right. Something. I need to know. I need to know. You know, it says, if you seek, you shall find. So that morning I woke up. I remember I just had a strong impression to go visit Pastor Sam. I went to see him. I said, look, I've been fasting now, seeking the Lord. But he's not speaking. He asked me, how long have you been fasting now? I said, uh, it's been 14 days now. I have not eaten. He says, go and break your fast before you die. <laughs> he said, he has spoken before. He is not going to speak again. Yes. Yeah. Jeremiah 29, 13. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. So all my heart was involved in this search. My entire being, food didn't matter. It was not important anymore. I lost desire for food. My desire to know his mind was more powerful than my hunger. It was more powerful than my appetite. It was more powerful than my desire for food. So, I know when you're fasting, how many people notice that when you fast, your nose picks all the best aromas? <laughs> yeah. Somebody's cooking 50 kilometers away. You will pick it from here when you're fasting. I'm telling you. Is your body trying to tell you, look, don't do this to me, please. I need, I need this food. And how many people notice that when you're fasting, you know, you have a strong craving for food when you put it in your mouth. It's like, is this all? Has it happened to you? Yeah, why, 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 why was the body crying like that? But do, does your desire for an encounter with God surpass your desire for food? Does it surpass your desire for hanging around other people? Because 
there's a time to hang around people, but there's a time to hang around the Lord. Just the Lord. You need to make that time. I don't think when God was speaking to Joshua here, the rest of Israel were with Joshua. No, he was somewhere secluded. That's when God gets our attention. So when Pastor Sam said to me, go break your fast before you die, I went back and I'm like, I'm crying. I'm like, God, what kind of, what kind of word is this? I go to my study and uh, first of all, when I got home, I told my wife, yeah, this is what the prophet told me, you know. <laughs> I went into my study, I fell on my face before the Lord, on my face, I like, cried, Lord, when did you speak to me? What did you tell me? When? And it was then I opened my journal and I saw the vision about South Africa. And then God now started speak to me, speaking to me. He says, if you do not go there, you will never be fulfilled in your life. <laughs> Hallelujah. So encounters bring definition. They bring clarity. And that's how we just got up by faith. And made a move. And started moving, walking by faith. And here we are. <laughs> Amen. How many people are happy we obeyed? Okay, a few of you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. But it, it was an encounter. It wasn't by, you know, some suggestions. It wasn't by some, you know, just ideas. No, it wasn't. Well, I'm sure there are places for ideas and all of that. There are places for suggestions, but I'm telling you that when you go after God, there are things that get clarified in your life. Hallelujah. And so we're glad we obeyed. He says, he says to Joshua that you are going to divide as an inheritance the land to which I swore to their fathers. You divide this land to the people. So, Moses was not able to do this. So, the encounter Joshua had, Moses didn't have. The encounters Moses had, Joshua didn't have. You see, so God can give you unique experiences. God can come and show you things, speak to you about things that no other person can speak to you about. But you need to be in the frame of mind where he can communicate with you. Some of us, our needs, our immediate needs have consumed us so much that we can't even hear God about other things. Because to you, the only thing God should say, the only important thing God should say is, how, how can I get out of this situation now? Any other thing he says doesn't matter. As long as God doesn't deal with this one I'm faced with right now, other things are not important. It's this one now that is important. 
And sometimes when God comes into your life to, encounter, to, to give you an encounter, sometimes he will even ignore your prevailing situation. <laughs> Can you see? Sometimes he will ignore your prevailing situation. He will talk to you as though what you are going through doesn't exist. Yeah. And truly, before God, it's already sorted. Can't you see how he dealt with Abraham? He came to Abraham and said, Your name shall no longer be Abram. Your name is now Abraham. He says, for I have made you a father of many nations. At that time, was Isaac born? Did God know the condition of Sarah's womb when he made that promise? Genesis 17. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I am going to make you. Is that what he's saying? For what? I have made you a father of many nations. Let's read on to the next verse. Verse 5, verse 6. I have made you a family of nations. He says, I will make you exceedingly fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings shall come out of you. Hallelujah. So I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. So when God wants to make something, he just speaks it. He just speaks it. He doesn't need to, you know, go and get any, anybody to arrange anything. No, he, he just speaks it. So, okay, you used to be Abraham. Now you are Abraham. One encounter redefined his life. Can you see that? It redefined his life and also immediately sorted out his assignment. Yeah. It says... Nations will come out of you. Yes. Kings will come out of you. I'll make nations of you. My goodness, he's talking to one man. But the power of God's word is able to make you whatever he is saying. That's why you need to be in an environment, in a situation, in a state of heart where he can say something to you. Because when he speaks, it comes to pass. Power. God doesn't come and say, Satan, I rebuke you. No, God doesn't need to do that. God, how many times have you seen God rebuking the devil? No, he doesn't. Instead of rebuking him, you know, he will send angel to go and do it. Go and do it. You know. God has no time for such little things. You see, but when he speaks, he speaks with authority. 
He calls those things that be not as though they are. So when God comes to your life and there is something deficient, God doesn't just start saying, oh, every, I come against every <laughs> deficiency. God doesn't do that. We're the ones that do that. God doesn't. When God comes, he just comes and says, okay, you are going to do this. You will be like this. You are like this. And this is who you are. Sorted. So, if, if people that have gender confusion can have an encounter with God, God will sort it out. Do you, go, do you get my point? Yeah. It says, be strong and of good courage. So, this encounter defined his assignment. Define, clarified his assignment. Joshua, stop looking at yourself like Moses. You are not Moses. Although I will be with you the way I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you in a way that Moses did not experience. Okay? Yeah. Way. That Moses did not experience. Then the next thing you see here is that God now begins to speak strength to Joshua. He speaks strength to him. He said, be strong and of good courage. Hmm? So, one encounter can infuse strength into you. One encounter with God. You might be weak. You might be feeble in your mind. You might be going through all kinds of things. And you have been... Brought down to the lowest. Don't let that stop you from seeking God. Do you understand me? You pursue God. And as you pursue God, God will put strength into you. He'll put strength into you. I'm telling you. Yeah. So, in verse 6, you see, be strong and of good courage. And then... In verse 7, he says, only be strong and very courageous. You see that? Yeah, in verse 7. It says, be strong and very courageous. So, God is putting strength into Joshua. God is putting courage into Joshua. Now, courage, courage helps you to take steps in the face of fear. That's what courage is about. Hmm. Courage. The word courage is, is from the word cur in French. You know, cur means heart. So be, be, be full of heart. Hallelujah. Or what is the other word? Maybe there's a, an English word, um, grit. Oh, what is it? I'm not even sure if that's correct. If that captures it, grit. You know, have that and move, Joshua. Doesn't matter the enemy, doesn't matter the giants, move. Move forward. You're going to do what Moses could not achieve. You're going to achieve what your fathers could not achieve. You're going to achieve what your ancestors could not achieve. So be courageous, be strong. Be strong, take that step. Hallelujah. 
So I said, but you know, an encounter can put all of this into you. Just one encounter. So what's happening to Joshua? Hmm? Courage, strength. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Is that not what it says in Ephesians 6.10? Be strong in the Lord. Many of us are not strong in the Lord. Many of us are strong in our traditions. But we're not strong in the Lord. You need to be strong in the Lord. Because that would help you in the days ahead. Glory to Jesus. My Lord and my God. Only be strong. Yes. And look at verse, verse 7. He says, only be strong and very courageous. Right? That you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. So God is giving Joshua in one encounter a recipe for, for prosperity in his assignment. If you're going to prosper in what I've called you to do, he says you need to obey you need to obey my word. The law that I, have give, I gave Moses. Don't come up with your own law. Follow. Follow the template that I gave Moses. Hallelujah. I gave him the law. Obey those laws. Ensure that you follow them. And then he says, if you would do that, he says, you will prosper. Wherever you go. Hallelujah. So God is giving Joshua what it takes to prosper in his assignment. Joshua didn't go and he didn't need to go and look for seven, 70 steps to you know um, to, 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 to prosperity. He didn't, need, he didn't need any of that. God, just, just do what Moses told you. Just do it. That's all. Be bold, be courageous, and do these things. Don't turn from the left or the right. Stick to it. Stick to it, and it's going to help you. It's going to help you. And you are going to be prosperous because of that. Yeah. How many people want to prosper in their callings? How many people want to prosper in their assignments? You feel God is calling you to do anything, whatever it is, I don't care what it is. God has an assignment for you. God has a purpose for your life and he wants you to prosper in that purpose. Yeah, he wants you to prosper in it. How many people know that it is bad news for you to fail at your purpose and succeed at something else? You know that, right? Yeah. For me, true success is linked to your assignment. It's not necessarily having much, you know, millions in your bank account. You might, you, 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 you might not need millions in your bank account, but you can still succeed. 
Hallelujah. You can still succeed. And I want you to know, I want you to know that the God that was with Joshua is with you. The same way God helped Joshua. And if you study, if you read, if you read the, um, if you read the Gospels, all right? If you read the Gospels and you look at the way Jesus operated, do you realize that Joshua is, is, the, Hebrew, um, is the Hebrew version of Jesus? Yeshua. So Joshua was a type of Jesus. Hallelujah. He was a type of Jesus. And that's why when the angel came to Mary, he says, you shall call his name Jesus. But that's Greek for Joshua. So Joshua is Hebrew for Jesus. You see? Yeah. So then, then you look at the life of Joshua. Joshua did not have any failure. Apart from in Ai, where he got defeated because of the greed of Achan. But apart from that, until he died, he kept winning. He kept succeeding. He kept succeeding. He finished kings. Hallelujah. He brought kings down. He slew giants. You have the real Joshua in you. Yeah. So be bold. Don't someone say be bold. Be strong. Amen. Yeah. So, you, 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 you are going to fulfill your destiny. Amen. You will fulfill your assignment. Because the Lord is with you. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Be bold. Be strong. Don't be intimidated. It might look, this situation might look intimidating. The mountain might look intimidating. The giant might look intimidating, but we've dealt with giants. So now it's time for us to be courageous. It's time for us to be bold and start facing life. Start facing our calling. Start facing our assignment with courage and boldness. God wants to do a work in your life. Hallelujah. But you see how one encounters, you know, produce so many things in the life of Joshua. You can see that. Hmm? Yeah. Your calling and mission, one encounter, can change things. It can change things for you. It says, look at verse 8. It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way 
prosperous. And then you will have what? Good success. Good success. You will make your way prosperous. It doesn't even say that God will make you prosperous. Do you notice that? It says you will make your way prosperous. Don't someone say make your way prosperous. It's time to make your way prosperous. Okay, you seem intimidated. I don't know. They look, their faces look too hard for you. Just turn to them and say, I will make my way prosperous. Yeah. Yeah. So many times we think that our prosperity depends on God alone. No. It depends on you. What are you going to do with the word of God? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to live like everybody else? Then you will have every other person, everybody's reality. Because if you live like every other person, that's the reality you will have. But if you want what God has for you, then you need to live according to his word. Are you hearing me this morning? So you will make your way prosperous. But Joshua, you want to prosper? You want to be able to succeed in all these things I said that I said to you that you're going to do. Now the key is this. He says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. What does that mean? Hmm? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Is it that you should need to take your Bible? Is that, is, is that what it means? No, that's not what it means. But what it means is that you need to take the word of God and start speaking it. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Take the word of God and speak it. Did you speak the word today? Or are you going to speak the word of God today? What are you speaking over your life? Are you speaking people's opinions or are you speaking God's word? You need to start speaking God's word. Stop speaking the doctor's opinion. Start speaking God's word. Do you understand? The doctor does his own part. He is, he, he's just doing his, you know, what he's trained to do. So he shows you, he tells you, okay, this is your condition. So what do you do? Thank you very much, doctor. How much is your fee? You're paying him for giving you his opinion. And then, <laughs> and then after that, you go to the word of God. Hallelujah. You go to the word of God. It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. So you find the word that addresses your situation. And you start speaking it. Start speaking it. Every day you speak it. He says, it shall not depart from your mouth day and night. In the morning, speak it. In the afternoon, speak it. At night, speak it. And because the word of God is powerful. I remember Reinhard Bonke. When the Lord ushered him into the miraculous. 
The Lord said to him, my word in your mouth is as powerful as it is in my mouth. Yeah. Because he had invited, he had planned this crusade and he invited this speaker and this speaker came for the first night, preached and says, tomorrow we're going to pray for the sick. Bring all the sick and all of that. And Bonke goes to pick this speaker from the hotel. He sees this guy. He has checked out. And he's about to take a taxi to go. He says, what are you doing? Where are you going to? He says, no, I'm going home. What? But we have a meeting tonight. Bonke said, the Lord said I shouldn't come. He says, what? What kind of God is that? That's not true. He said, you must come. You promised. You promised the people that you're going to pray for the sick tonight. Now you are leaving. He said, I don't believe you. You have to come with me. He said, sorry, I'm not coming. The Lord said, I shouldn't come. And he gets into the taxi and he leaves. And Bonke is, is upset. He's, drive, he's driving back to the, to, you know, to, the, to the crusade. He's driving back and he's saying, God, this is not fair. This is not right. You know, this man, he promised to pray for the sick and all of that. And now he's not here. I'm going to pray for the people and you have to do something. And he goes and he, he gets up, you know, and he tells the people, he says, um, the man of God is not here. Tonight, but Jesus is here. Amen. People are looking at him. Uh. <laughs> they came because of the man. And now he says, The man is not here, but Jesus is here. And Bonke is like, He's not, he's there, and his interpreter is there, interpreting what he's saying, and the people are just looking at him. You know? And as this man is interpreting, he says it's like heaven open. And it's as if a, a gallon of water was poured on him. And, he like, and then the interpreter started wailing. He says, you're supposed to be interpreting. What are you doing? And he's looking. And at that time, he just hears my word. In your mouth is as powerful as it is in my mouth. Ooh. You know how he talks. Hey! He says, I felt like saying, let there be light. <laughs> With his German accent. You know? And he's, he's, he says, God, Jesus is here. God is going to heal the sick here. And all of that. And he's talking and as he's talking. This woman brought her child with, with a leg that is twisted like spaghetti. And she brings this child. And he was afraid. He, he handle, holds his child and he's talking as he's talking. And he just dropped the child. And the child's legs went straightened instantly before the people. And like, wow. 
Then somebody shouted from the back, I am healed. Oh, another one, I am healed. I am healed. And the whole place exploded. Hallelujah. The word of God in your mouth is as powerful as it is in his mouth. Take the word of God. Use it. Start speaking it. Hallelujah. When you are faced with an impossible situation, take the word of God and start speaking the word to that situation. That's the recipe God gave Joshua. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. In other words, keep saying my word. Don't stop speaking my word and start speaking your situation. No, start speaking my word day and night. Hallelujah. Let the weak say, I am strong. Hallelujah. So when you are weak, you take the word of God and you go to the place that promises you strength. Start speaking it into your body. Hallelujah. Instead of saying what the doctor said, take the word of God and start speaking the word of God to that situation. Be consistent. Do it day and night. Do it. Day and night. Keep doing it. Every day you wake up. Do it. Declare it. Hallelujah. Beat your plowshares into swords. And your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. So when you are weak, say you get up and say, I am strong in the Lord. Hallelujah. The Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. So when you feel down, when you're feeling depressed, say, I have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ cannot be depressed. So I refuse. I reject you, depression. Start speaking the word. It will flee from you. It will flee from you. Hallelujah. Stop looking for a capsule to take for that. Just look for a gospel. Hallelujah. According to Charles Caps, it says gospel. So the gospel is what you should take. Hallelujah. So sometimes you take it several times a day. I remember the times I've ministered to people who were sick and, you know, facing situations that were incurable. A lot of times it was the word that produced the miracle. Hallelujah. There'd be times, I remember this guy, he had a heart condition. That heart condition has no cure. It has no cure at all. And I, I gave him 1 Peter 2.24. 2, uh, 2, and I said to him, write this down. Get a notebook. Write this out 1,000 times. Yeah. Write it out 1,000 times and say it three times a day. Three times a day, speaking the word of God. First Peter 2.24, and he would say it, and he would say it, and he would say it. It was a miracle when he went to the doctor. The doctor said, what happened? Jesus has done it. Amen? Yeah. You see? So, take the word of God, put it in your mouth. If you want to succeed, use the word of God. Use the word of God. By his stripes I am healed. Keep speaking that. Keep speaking that. 
This is not mind over matter, okay? This is not mind over matter. No, no, no. And this is not Christian science, which is not even scientific, you know? No. This is calling those things that be not as though they are. Hallelujah. So you start speaking the word of God. Speak it every day, morning, afternoon, night. I remember the time, I've, I've told you this story many times, when I used to have struggle with my mind. I used to have struggle with my thoughts. I was even suicidal. I, wanted, I even wanted to die. Can you imagine? I wanted to die. Me, wanting to die. Ha! The devil is wicked. If you allow him one mile, he will go 200 kilometers. Yeah. So guess what? I took Philippians 4 verse 8. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. And so whatever things, whatever things are good, whatever things are noble, hallelujah. Yeah, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, Think on these things. Meditate on these things. So I began to speak that to my mind. Every day on my way to school, I would just take it. I said, Eric, you're not going to speak any, you're not going to think any thought outside Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 is a boundary around your mind. Whatever is not true is not welcome in your mind. Whatever is not noble is not welcome in your mind. Whatever is not just is not welcome in your mind. Whatever is not pure is not welcome in your mind. Whatever is not lovely is not welcome in your mind. Whatever is not of good report is not welcome in your mind. Whatever is not, uh, is of no virtue is not welcome in your mind. Anything that is not praiseworthy is not welcome in your mind. I say Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 is your reality. I'm talking to myself. I'm talking to myself in the morning. I talk to myself in the afternoon. Then I talk to myself in the evening. Then I talk to myself before I go to bed. I kept doing that. And one day as I was busy doing that, I think it was probably about, about eight weeks doing that. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to me. I said, have you noticed you don't have those thoughts anymore? Whoo! I had broken that thing. And up till today, I don't have those thoughts. Amen. Up till today. I didn't swallow anything. I swallowed the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I'm, I know there are things that require swallowing. <laughs> you know, but, but this particular one, you need to use the word of God to work your miracle. Use the word of God to work your miracle. Hallelujah. Are you going to use it? Are you going to apply the word? Are you going to do it? Or you want somebody to come down from heaven to do it for you? No. Just do it. Speak the word. His word in your mouth is as powerful as it is in your mouth. Amen. Yeah. If there is no way, speak the way. Begin to speak and the way will be created. Hallelujah. Whatever does not exist 
will be brought into existence. As you continue speaking. As you continue speaking. That's why I said to you that we're going to reach every household in this city. Yeah. We're going to see it. Oh, the church that I see. Shukababa. All right, let's, time is gone. Let's, let's, let's pray. Let's pray. Talk to the Lord. Come on. Mandabat dos keneme sudabadi. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father. We give you praise. If you want to succeed, sometimes you have to ignore your feelings. And insist on the word of God. Insist on what God is saying. The word of God is your true reality. It's your true reality. Insist on the word of God being made manifest in your life. Father, every situation that is contrary to your word, I rebuke right now. I rebuke infirmity in the name of Jesus. I rebuke every spirit of lack in the name of Jesus. I rebuke every spirit of bondage. Oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. Every affliction I command to be broken right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just begin to talk to the Lord. Tell the Lord, Lord, I'm determined to prosper in my assignment. I'm determined to have good success. Yes, no matter what, I will succeed. Nobody in this church should fail. There's no reason. There's no reason why you should not succeed. There's no reason why you should not experience the reality of God's word in your life. Jesus has paid for it. Now you can enjoy it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Konamosteke, bro. Bind every spirit, every oppressive spirit right now. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I free God's people to enter into their divinely ordained destiny. That which God has ordained for them. They will enter into it. They will walk in it. I decree that right now. I decree that right now. In the name of Jesus. Every power, every harassment of hell over your life. I command to be broken right now. Every force, every power that is warring against your progress, I bind right now. I bind them right now. 
in the name of Jesus, I declare, I declare open heavens over your life. Yes, let it be encounters. Let it be encounters, divine encounters. Each and every one will encounter God in a very special way. Lord, my God, an encounter that will bring definition, an encounter that will bring clarity, an encounter that will bring strength, that will bring courage. My God, thank you, Lord. I give you praise and I give you glory in Jesus' name. Now, if you are here and you want to receive Jesus into your heart, maybe you're not born again, I want to pray for you, give you that opportunity. Just raise your hand and I'll pray for you if there's anyone. Every eye closed. And uh, raise your hand if there's anybody. Okay, God bless you, sir. Any other person? God bless you. I see that hand. Any other person? All right. And those of you watching online as well, just say this after me. Say, Dear God, I thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. I believe in my heart that he is Lord. I confess that he's my Savior. He's my Master. Jesus, come into my heart. Make me a brand new person. I put my trust in you for salvation. I place my life into your hands cause me to love what you love and to hate what you hate thank you Lord Jesus Amen Hallelujah This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand For other life changing messages and more information log on to www.everynationmidrand.org